Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program mega worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, your comedian and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. Uh, you know what? Uh, it's one of those days... Where I'm in, I, I mean, seldom I in, am I am I in a bad mood. I have, True. like every human being, moments of genuine sadness, things to deal with in real life that that bring you down in the moment. But th- those things, legitimately, arguably, should if you are a healthy individual, if you have us, if you have the sads because there's a sad thing going on. Yeah, that's how being a person works. Uh, but in general. I do not bless you. I think, or maybe cough. It was just a Which cough. One? It was totally okay. Lame. I'm going. I'm, like, I'm over then, here choking on my own saliva like a pro. <laughs> That's this is a professional broadcast. Um, by the way, uh, my mom says mercy when you cough. So oh, okay, b- so no b- mercy. So um, that's that. I guess it's the I guess it's an in and out, different orify thing. She also, it, we also say rats in our family when we break wind, not because we're like, you know, sort of as an expletive to to go, oh no, but is to blame it <laughs> on rats. That's the that's the family way. Rats, we get rats. They're rats. <laughs> that's the that's the way you do it in my in the Sparks family. Anyways, so happiness and joy and happy, happy, joy, joy. So I have been. Uh, I would say wonderfully right mm-hmm. about so many things over the last couple of years. I called, uh, you know, uh, the Democrats winning the 2020. I called the the ticket that it was going to be Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. I, I that Trump was going to get trounced by at least double. Um, and I am saying and I've been saying we're we're going to win the Senate and oh I think the House as well. The House, because it was so, it was just this juggling thing in the air. It was hard to tell um, how it's going to go. But two things make me profoundly comfortable in saying that. One is we're on our way to two nineteen. There's a very strong chance that uh, the the House will break Democratic anyways. On top of that, there are two, I think, maybe three, but there are two Republicans in the House who are one's new and I think one's coming back that are under indictment that are going to get broomed in the next four months. So they might swear in and then go to jail. So there'll be another. Yeah. And they were um, both Trumpies, but um, which is no surprise, but they will more than likely if they get broomed um, and they will, um, the person replacing them, like that, will be somebody that everybody decried as a rhino and part of Mitch McConnell's thing that was in the primary against them, and a Democrat who was fairly close. So, just I mean, ugh, even like there's a very small chance that they might win it and then lose it before the swearing in goes. And do you know? Do you know? Considering how. Midterms are supposed to go for the incumbent uh, for the for the office that holds the presidency. Do you know how how sweet, how joyful, how blisteringly beautiful that will be 
when the Republicans get to pick out the drapes and find out then and only then that the mortgage didn't go through. There will be such the 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 the, the, the hubris smashing against the Schadenfreude in a big crashing closing of the red wave that never was in the Red Sea is just going to be so glorious. So I would uh, I would present to every, oh and the other thing is is that it'll give them just enough time to eat Kevin McCarthy like some sort of grown up Republican Lord of the Flies. <laughs> it's going to go on now. That brings us to Nevada. Right now, uh, Cortez Masto is 798 votes away from uh, her, her from Stalik, whatever his name is. Anyways, and uh, I'm blitzing on it because I don't care because he's going to lose and I'm not bothering to memorize people who aren't going to be in office. There are too many people I have to deal with that are. And um, anyways, he... <laughs> um, He's it, like oh, the only thing that's left is these dropped off on the same day. This is Arizona and Nevada, are both in the same situation. Bro- dropped off on the same day, mail in, and Friday, Saturday, mail in votes, and all of those. The idea was is that for some reason there's some sort of ball kitty. There's some reason um, that people believe that the vote this time is going to be anything like 2020. It is not. Um, There is no way the vote breaks the same way it did when we were all in lockdown and the vast majority of Democrats did it by mail almost entirely. I mean, like that was a huge number. Um, And that somehow the people who dropped theirs off on the day are Republicans by and large. Nope. Went back to... 2018 numbers with a pump for for Democrats pushed by abortion and yeah. uh, the idea of saving democracy. And the, the and the reason that is, is because you had people who wanted to vote on the day and and throw their sticker picture up on social media. And they were good, decent people and didn't want to wear them until they would actually voted. And so instead of mailing it in and then putting their sticker on like I voted on Wednesday of last week, they went, I went down and I threw it in there and then I slapped on my sticker and here I am. Or, or they went mm-hmm. into the actual early voting place on Monday and did it. And in some of those places, both in Nevada and Arizona, you fill out your ballot, you put it in an envelope and you put it in the same bin that you would if you'd have returned a mail in ballot. So there's little distinction between the two of those. It go. It, I mean, there's a ton of. This goes back to what happened in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, and the total misunderstanding between what constitutes a mail-in versus an absentee versus an early vote in those areas. Tons of overlap. It was yes, it was the great stickering of 2022. But this is. I'm telling you, those votes are not going to break. Um, and, and I'm not the only one boozy on Twitter. Uh, Mueller, she wrote, we've all been correct about this. They are not going to break Republican because we went back to what how people vote in 2018, basically, because nobody's voting under COVID anymore. And anybody who thinks it's it, it reminds me of. And by the way, Johnny Million, I love you. Good morning. I'll finish sure. this rant in a second. and We'll chit chat after the break. But there um, 
the same people who think this election is going to be anything like 2020 in terms of how people vote materially are the same idiots who are telling you that the economic picture right now is somehow based, it can be read against 1982, 1976, 1992, 2008, any of that stuff, because none of those had a pandemic a year and a half before it. It's there's no measurable way to balance or make any. It's it's stunning to me that 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 the all over CNBC, all over Market Watch, all like everybody's like, why is the stock market going up? Or like, because people have hope again, and a bunch of people, quite frankly, large institutional right wing investors were waiting to buy the dip until after the midterms, even if it lost the money, because they didn't want to give Democrats a win. They didn't want to spike. Everybody thinks the bottom already hit a week ago, but they were literally holding off because they were afraid to give Biden a win right before the election. The irony is, is that we are going to get all 50 of the seats and then the Walker Warnoff run will happen without Republicans turning out to determine control of the Senate. So why would they bother? A bunch of them. Why would they bother in Georgia if we already have 50 plus Kamala Harris? We'd be back in the exact same situation. The, the Warnock seat is just gravy at that point. You're not going to get turnout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. She knows exactly what's up. Um, and so it's hard to motivate people to go out and vote if it's not going to materially change anything, especially when you've already been told by the leader of your party that voting is BS and why bother? So uh, anyone else, this, have and, and again, did your gas is, prices I, take a tumble on Election Day? Yes. Yes, they went down like yeah, 10 they, they cents went down here like 40 cents immediately. Here. Yeah, well, I live near a freeway between two cities that are huge tourist destinations, so they milk everybody. And the same thing in California, and it's gonna and it's gonna continue to go down. Oil prices have cadavered, and 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 they bumped up like everything else because everybody just bought in and threw money back in. This is worldwide, by the way. Americans aren't the only ones who invest in our stock market. But the point I'm trying to make ultimately is that the Walker Warnoff race will be done under two particular weights that benefit Democrats. One is. Determination of the control of the Senate will not be decided by that race. So why bother? I mean, be and then the second one is the It's awful. It's it's absurd. It is. It makes no sense. It is. It, it is. A, you know. And the thing is, the only reason they're doing that is because. Oh, I, oh all right. I'll fix it. Relax. Um, fantastic. Just calm down. I believe this. Um, the live stream when you did it was all Jesse Ventura all the time when he had the mustache. Oh, because because I was talking, yeah, (laughs) because I was doing Mike Pillow, and every time I do Mike Pillow, my Minnesota accent drifts into Jesse. And you, you're you're the character. I mean, this isn't really a stretch, but you make him so dumb. He's so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's so dumb he's so well because you carry it to the natural I mean, you, all you have to do is say the stuff he wants to say and you'll sound like an idiot he literally holds back as dumb as he sounds he's holding back you know most of the Q-ish stuff that he believes for real the the but and that applies to both Mike Pillow 
and Jesse the Body Venture, I would like to say. But again, finishing this up and then we'll go to break. But the Walker Warnock race, if everything breaks like we're looking at and Masto pulls ahead like she will and we maintain control of the Senate, there are two things Republicans are ice skating up a a hill against. One, they are not going to determine control of the Senate, so why bother? And two, the economy is going to be in better shape by December 6th than it was leading up to the election because all the rich people and all the corporations that were holding back on money to try and give Republicans a little bit of a tip up in their story about how the economy was tanking can't not jump back into the market and make all that money. They're not going to leave that money on the table anymore. So it's I'm telling you, it's going to be so sweet. And what we're going to talk about after we come back is. The Republicans are turning on Trump. It's finally happening. (sighs) Just like I said it would. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks radio program. Mega Worldwide. The polls. The polls. The polls. The polls. I feel like... I feel like uh, um, the the hunchback of Notre Dame. The Pope. Yeah, a friend of mine was really nervous about um, the uh, the potential results, and because he was paying close attention to the polls, we were talking like the weekend before the election, and I actually hadn't been paying too much attention right. to the polls because there's nothing. Yeah, there's You're a wise, you wise it. man. So, um, what I thought was funny is that after right. the fact, when it was such an amazing, um, like non events you know everything kind of worked out the way we hoped it was um i'm sorry i'm a little distracted by flora oh, see here she is and um that's all right <laughs> i kept seeing all of these <laughs> pundits after the fact say the polls don't matter especially for gen z they're not going to answer um an unwritten right. call they're not, they don't have the patience to go all the way through a questionnaire but they hate right. having their rights taken away <laughs> and, they, uh-huh. they and and they would like to be able to vote when yes. when they get older. Yeah, they so um a bunch of the like we heard about this like red mirage polling push by right wing polling mirage. groups that were flooding the zone, right? Right. The, they were flooding the zone with all these you know polls that showed Republicans up and Democrats down. The problem that, that with that strategy was twofold. One was yeah. it motivated Democrats to get out. They, they, literally, right when that strategy started, you can track that strategy starting uh, directly with the rise in Democratic interest in voting. You know that, like people, how excited are you to vote? That literally spiked uh, for Democrats. It was it was low apparently. Not that that meant anything but it was low you know lower than republicans leading into the last three weeks of the election cycle and then as soon as those polls started popping out and ever and the whole talk of red waves started happening in in force on fox news and around it even bled over into msnbc and like well you know it's obvious there's going to be a shellacking all that kind of talk good god oh my god just they they oh it's silly so as soon as that happened it spiked democratic interest in the election cycle 
It, it literally worked in the opposite sense. And the other part was, is that Republicans themselves started going, well, if we're going to be that overwhelming, yep, um, yep. then they don't need me. I'm in a bluish district. Yep. And for the record, Republicans outperformed Democrats nationwide what? by about four points. More Republicans showed up. Yeah. More Republicans showed up to vote by about 4%. Here's the interesting thing, though. A lot of them are people who sat out Trump, didn't like him, and showed up to split ticket between Dems and sensible Republicans. And so that explains more than anything how, like, there's these weird things in in, in uh, New York and other places where they're like, okay, I'm going to vote for Hochul and I'm going to vote for the Democratic senator, but I'll vote for the Republican congressperson. Just, you know, and not even caring whether they were, like, the MAGA people that they were trying to push in New York, but just kind of checking two Ds, one R, two Ds, one R. That's how they went. And that in and of itself was, you know, you know, even those people, their their motivation to vote yeah. was anti-Trump. The people who voted for Kemp in Georgia were anti-Trump the Republic, voters. The Republicans the people who voted in a in, higher number, they were there to get rid of Trump endorsed candidates. Wow. Right. And they were voting a lot of them for in a, in a lot of these cases, they voted for the Democrat that mattered and the Republican that didn't. So you've got a, you've got some freshman Republicans that came in in the redistricting that became ultimately a wash, where they voted for their Democratic governor, their Democratic senator. These are Republicans, but they voted for the Republican congressperson or a mayor or something like that. that where ultimately, no. Right. Well, and again, Carrie Lake is close in, uh, um, you know, by some people's measure. But she's I think right now, what is it? Thirty two thousand. She's behind. And and th- look, what, Biden was uh, eleven hundred votes really? or something in Arizona. I always forget whether it was eleven hundred eleven thousand, but it was like it was it was smaller than this number by a lot. And the irony that she's going to ask yeah. for recount after recount and be annoying Arizona voters for months to come. Yeah. When it's over, waste it's a lot of so over. That. Yes, she is. And she's going to have a bunch of lawsuits thrown out, which are going to motivate, you know, Mike Pillow to say they're, you know, the, even these judges, they won't look at the, you know, they Mike the Pillow Ventura. How come they won't look at my evidence, man? Hey, I've got all I've I've hiding. I'm hiding it in the basement of the Denver airport. So um, there now the beauty of this. The gloriousness of this. And I now I've said many times that we are we must thank our lucky stars with, you know, in good order that uh the people who tried to execute January 6th are, to a person, morons. It, it just idiots abound. From Trump himself to Steve Bannon to Roger Stone to Mike Pillow to Ginny Thomas to, to like, the Talking Points USA. 
Oh, I agree. Complete <laughs> morons. She just absolutely woke up from a idiots. Nap and I know, know she's very. She wants herself. Right, she's that. That's all right. She's she's agreeing yeah. with me. I'm just going to take it as agreement. So, yeah. Uh huh. See, she there. She goes. Yeah. By the way, um, for people listening on the radio, there is no cat. This is like Fight Club. Those, bo- me, those yeah. noises are coming from John's body. Yeah. Right. Um, so the 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 sweetest thing about all of this. And the fact that, like, this January 6th was always going to be a flailing psych out by these folks. And then it's going to dwindle into uh, the, you know, like the hammer attack we saw on Paul Pelosi and the guy who shot his neighbor because he thought he was a Democrat. These single person pop offs. It's terrible. It's awful. But I, that's what I said. This kind of rhetoric, the Marjorie Taylor Greene rhetoric, the Trump rhetoric, all that stuff is never going to trigger a civil war. It's not going to happen. Never. The Americans aren't that far gone, but there are those among us that are a little bit spun and all you got to do is spin them up like a plate and they'll pop off. And that's the concern. And that's why you have to watch that kind of like violent rhetoric. It's just not it's it's crucial. As a matter of fact, that's why most of the time you do it in society. It isn't because of the mass of society. It's because of who it triggers. You know, whenever you're talking about certain sensitive topics like doing oneself in, even if you talk about it in a way that uh, is meant to help people who might be on the edge of it, the more you talk about it, it actually becomes social contagion and it actually causes more of it. It's one of the ironies of social, the social structure of humanity. Same thing is true of these kind of folks. You're not going to trigger, ask, ask, well, he's dead now, but ask Charles Manson how hard it is to kick off a giant revolution that gives you control of the planet. It's a bit complicated. And it doesn't work out the way you think. And uh, you know, and you might be able to convince eight people to do it, but you're never going to launch a movement. So uh, Trump is, is, I've always said that those people, though, are the reason why the large, the belief that there's a large number of folks like that out there is the reason why Merrick Garland, the DOJ, and a lot of the state AGs and stuff were slow-walking some of this stuff. Why January 6th was necessary to reveal to everybody what Trump was up to and how awful he is, and how he does not care about the people he he alludes to caring about. And now they're starting to get the message, and it's driving him nuts. We'll be back right after this. It's uh, the Housewatch Radio program, Mega Worldwide, now with 100% more Johnny Million. Follow Johnny Million at Johnny Million on Twitter <laughs> while amazing. it still exists. And, Insulin um, is free. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my, yeah. I mean, oh, he's yeah. going to get a lawsuit out of that one. We got okay. we'll, we to we take a break. We'll be back right after that. I know I'm only on one day a week. I get it. I'm going to have to jump on... Uh, garage band starts sawing something together. This is the house bar show. And then a guitar note. And then progressive. And all. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hey, how did you mean something like this? This is the house bar show. And then a guitar note. And then progressive. And all. Yeah, it's going to be good. The House Parks Radio Program Mega Worldwide. Yeah, it's going to be good. 
Johnny Williams doing some cat maintenance right now, and I can't say, but oh, he's coming back. Hold on, he's, he's back with me. Uh, is he there, Johnny May? And three, two, one, hi. and pow, there he is. Um, hi, welcome back, Johnny Million, everybody. Um, so, it, you know, it's bad when Kaylee McEnany, is on Fox News talking to Harris Faulkner, who sounds like a, a the name of a writer from the twenties, um, <laughs> right? Have, if, I mean, Harris Faulkner's uh, A Walk in the Woods is a uh, quintessential early Americana story of <laughs> whatever. One man's struggle in the iron business. Um, it, <laughs> so she, if you, if Kaylee McEnany is on Fox saying Trump should punt his big announcement on Tuesday, the screaming, the wailing, the gnashing of teeth. That is going on in Trump world right now about his his stupid pseudo announcement that he did on Monday right before the election in this big just like ego drop and then immediately going after DeSantis on election night. Like once the votes are cast, all bets are off, whatever way it goes. Uh, it's uh, first of all, it's. It's just so good. It's just so good. It's so fun to watch. It's a joy. So, if I may, it feels like time for sort of a, uh, I don't know if there's a uh, master truths, uh, master truth uh, theater, something like that. Truth social? Um, Yeah, yeah. Where if I, you know... I end up going, okay, here we go. Let's, let me see if I can find this here. Yeah, so, it, by the way, Trump, there are pictures of him, but Trump was, uh, um, Tiffany got married. Not the singer Tiffany, but Tiffany Trump, um, who, by the way, I, I sang with not too long ago. Tiffany's lovely, and it was nice to see her again. She was at the Rock Against MS, and she sang, and she killed it. Um, and uh, <laughs> and, and st- uh, voice is just getting more powerful with age. It's uh, annoying. She's just getting stronger all the time. Um, my wonderful daughter, Tiffany, will be getting married today at Mar-a-Lago. She and Michael are a beautiful couple who will be very happy together. A big thank you and congratulations to Tiffany's mother, Marla, on the bringing up of a really great daughter. <laughs> like, basically just saying, I had no part in it. I met a stranger today, like all the others who get married at Mar-a-Lago, and she seemed like she managed to eat without getting her fork in her eye. Um, now, that was that was 12 hours ago. There was another tweet, or truth, right above it, immediately at the same time. Idiot and possibly corrupt officials have lost control of the tainted election in Arizona. Machines broken in Republican areas. A new election must be called immediately, in all caps. I know. I don't buy it either. Yeah. Rigged elections, open borders, equal third world countries. The USA is a failing nation. Donald Trump posted that. On Veterans Day. They say, the chat says I'm muted. I don't you know. can hear me, but they can. Oh, right. Hold on. I was, um, yes, I, sorry, you're, you're fine now. I was, I was muting, I, I want to be clear, I was muting Johnny and not the cat. 
I'm trying to explain to Flora that she needs to be quiet and it's not working. No. No, it doesn't work. They don't understand you English. Make it louder no, when you make absolutely. Cats them. speak French. You're right. Um, uh, cats yes. speak French or noises. They understand opening of tin, shaking of bag. Um, Chip understands because I taught him the uh, attack noise from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The dog. Yeah, I taught him that. So he, I, I trained him with treats with that noise. So if I go, he, he runs over to me. And then the second one, he will get up on my knee. And, and then, then he, he sits. And whole can it's of amazing. alcohol and mac and cheese um, into his, yeah. And stare and at both him. Do insane violence right. towards And then he can eat. Yeah. That's true. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Mostly him, though. And mostly the other cats. Good. Because he doesn't discriminate. Okay, so the... Um, the, this is my favorite one. I mean, he, he was basically nonstop just blathering, like old school Trump on Twitter, just ah, just raging and screaming. I mean, you can almost smell the ketchup coming from this. But there's a few of them that are my favorite. Ones are, and he, I have to say, he does not realize what he is saying. It's kind of stunning. The Democrats are finding all sorts of votes in Nevada and Arizona what a disgrace that this could be allowed to happen. <laughs> not not fake votes, not fake ballots, not a, like he's not even smart enough to or or he's afraid of the legal ramifications of saying fake. Just they're finding all these ballots. We it's like it's like we hid them. We really did a good job. I had all these commissioners all over Arizona throwing them in rivers and ravines, and somehow it's like this big Democratic Easter egg hunt, and they're killing it. The Democrats are finding all sorts of votes in Nevada and Arizona. <laughs> Jesus, man! All right, there and um, there is. Uh, and he quotes several articles that are. To like he'll go thanks a lot to whoever they are and if you click on the person and you click on their profile and then you click on one thing they like you three clicks away you will find a diatribe of of like posts that rival the oh, Pelosi hammer attack dude all QAnon all you know baby milkshake adrenochrome BS all that stuff. So, uh, <laughs> and he retweets Cash Patel a lot, which is interesting considering Cash Patel just turned state's evidence on him and is definitely doing the best he can to try to get into Trump's good graces so he doesn't get, you know, and pounded up. It's an um, amazing environment and, now as far as retweeting. Oh, my. Well, and, and, oh, of course. I mean, yeah, the conversation is just between George W. Bush and uh, Marco Rubio. <laughs> I do remember George uh, are Bush amazing. Said that he missed killing Iraqis. Yeah, um, uh, there was a, a bunch of very well. Never mind. You know, like a lot of it's been pulled, but there's it's yeah, floating so around. I can't repeat some of it on the air. And um, now, one of the best things, and the thing I'm enjoying the most, believing as I do that the House will ultimately be in Democratic hands, is. We won! Pelosi is gone. We take Congress, and if we can stop their very obvious cheating, we'll 
will also take the Senate. Big victory. Don't be stupid. Stand on the rooftops and shout it out loud. And I was like, how dare you name drop one of my favorite Kiss songs, you rat. Um, um, so, and then this was the weirdest one. Yunkin, now that's an interesting take. What? Sounds Chinese, doesn't it? Because he took Yunkin's name and, sep- yeah, he separated the Governor Yunkin from Virginia, who's a Republican, split his name into Young Kin. Sounds Chinese. By the way, it doesn't. Yeah. It sounds Korean if you do that. I would like to say for the record. They like, again, just the soft racism, uh, like, just the soft racism of DGAF. That's the Trump way. Like, uh, those people. Like, it's amazing. Anyways. In Virginia, couldn't have won without me. I endorsed him, did a very big Trump rally for him telephonically. Uh, He did one of his tele-rallies because Youngkin did not want him to come to the state because he would lose. Got MAGA to vote for him or he couldn't have come across, uh, come close to winning. But he knows that and admits it besides having a hard time with the Dems in Virginia. But he'll get it done. I don't know what it is. But and and then the DeSantis thing. He flat out uh, admits to it. Well, he he's lying about committing a crime. He basically says he sent the Justice Department in to stop them from stealing like the election from him because there were ballots coming in that weren't for DeSantis. And he put a stop to it. And there was none. Everybody, by the way, inside um, that was around at the time is going that never happened. That's just materially not true. So, um, and the biggest complaint he has, and there was a, I want to find the direct quote. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I had great success on endorsements, perhaps like no one has had before, perhaps. <laughs> Both for Republican nominations and the general election itself. By the way, that's how he gets his number really big. You notice he was like 324 or something. He doubles up. He takes people that won their primaries because he was told by the party and other people that they were shoe-ins, ignores any of the ones that he endorsed that were any anywhere near having to work for it. If they lost, it wasn't his fault. It's just the bad candidates, and it was against them and that kind of stuff. So he takes credits for shoe-ins, and then... Now he's and then he doubles the number. He says they won their primary and their general in shoe in elections for the Republican you know, areas that were like, of course they are. He didn't expand the map. You know, I make this point about AOC. I, I love that she's there, but she didn't expand the map. She took a blue di- district and made it bluer. That's it. And it was always ready to be bluer. It was a, as a matter of fact, part of it was. We love the idea of va- voting for a woman of color who also believes what we believe. That was the that was the extent of it in many ways for her vote expansion. She did great. She knocked on doors. She did exactly how you're supposed to do it. But she didn't do it and say it like a Katie Porter district, which is why Katie Porter is on the edge right now. So that that takes work. And so and saying like boom, we did it around her district for ex- example. I'm glad she's in there, but it's not a huge win in that regard. And this is what Trump is doing. Trump is doing this with red districts. He took red districts and made them yeah, redder. That's what MTG was all about. Enough credit for MTG that. is right for just 
taking red districts and making them redder or just literally making phone calls like who's going to win in that area do they they want my endorsement yeah they'll take it okay yeah exactly and then he gets mad if if they if he you know gives them the endorsement or claims them as a candidate and they didn't really they weren't a trump candidate they were just going to win anyways and they're republicans and they had nothing against him because they want the maga vote so they have to say it because that can make two percent difference in some of these districts and how horrible it would be to have the magas take their ball and stay home kind of like the force the vote idea from the progressive caucus and on the democratic side but in terms of voters you'll strangle your own agenda right so they just go, oh, yeah, everybody on board. Just come on. Yeah, it's totally cool. And, and in a lot of cases, he did these telephone rallies because if he showed up in person, it would have it killed the person. If he did a rally there, they'd have lost. So like, yeah, do one of your – just do it from home. It's totally cool. Just sit there and, and we'll put everybody who's already ready to vote for you on the other end of the phone where they can sit and listen, 90% of whom are not even in the state that he's doing the tele rally for. It's just cues who want to, you know, who hang on his every word. They're spread all over the place. Mm. We got to take a break. I'm, I just, I'm enjoying this far too much. It's, it's, it's too much. We got, we'll be back right after this. By the way, next hour, Philip Itner's going to be joining us from Kharkiv. I believe he's still now? in Kharkiv. Like, that's, oh, we're going to do our thing. Okay. But oh, we are so going to do our thing. We'll be back right after this. Attention, attention, stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back with Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. We, we have been, uh, some folks were uh, asking during the break, what the state of the Katie Porter race. And somebody in there said that she won, um, but I I hadn't heard it had been called. So do we know officially what's the current what state of affairs the there? Is that it's Johnny Million. 67% reporting. And she's right. up 51.2% um, to 48.8%. Yeah. Um, are, they, are they saying too early to call or too close? They've not officially called it. Yeah. Okay. So it um, we we shall see. Um, but um, I would like to say for the record that uh, and again, by the way, that split ticket idea that I was talking about earlier with Republicans popping out to to vote. Um, you know, for a Democrat when they normally wouldn't, you know, where they all went in large part, those those transitional folks, you know where they went? They voted against the abortion yeah. bills that were all over this country, because, again, did Gen yeah. Z come out? Absolutely. Were they, you know, that, and you'll hear the percentages of Gen Z and how amazing it is. I got news for you, though. Uh, Gen Z is a smaller generation than say millennials, um, bigger than than uh, Gen X, but smaller still. So the they everybody played a part. Nobody, you know what I mean. You can't uh, you can't have a foamy beer if the glass is empty. The the idea is that it can't foam over the top unless it's all there. 
So to everybody who voted to vote, to bring these things down, these uh, these horrible draconian women as second class citizen BS bills to try and force local political officials into the decision making process that a woman, a family um, and uh, a doctor who's telling them a woman who wants to be a mom, uh, you know, and has to make a terrible decision to have like an you know, an alderman standing there going, well, I, we have to have somebody from the local yeah. election board here. To, like, it, it's a, it's grotesque. And it did motivate a lot of it. This is where Republicans got out over their skis. Um, do we do we have an official number on Bobert? I don't because that's been yeah, very, she's that's been hair's breath as well by half a point. Yeah. Locked in an unexpectedly close race. Um, some constituents say they're tired of, quote, mini Trump. Well, considering Trump, isn't everyone, everyone that's like him a but mini he's Trump? supposed to, like, win. You know what I mean? What is there? Oh, yeah. The idea was that she was an example of people who were, you know, you know, running. On the, now, again, it, she ran largely on. On the gun stuff, oh, yeah. like she, she, like she carried a gun. Her staff carried a gun. It was this idea that, like, you know, they're not going to take away my guns. Or okay, first of all, nobody, especially in Colorado or the federal government, is taking away your handgun if you need it for self defense. You have a concealed carry permit, or you, you know, or any of that stuff. The idea that you can have a a magazine with thirty to sixty rounds in it. And you're saying that's for self-defense is an absurdity. And the only reason you would need one of those is if you're going to go on a killing spree or you're trying to fight cops and soldiers. It's not necessary. And here's the thing. Democrats have always had an exception for collectors and sport users in all the gun bills around this stuff. You just got to let us know you have them. Just got to let the locals know so that they don't have somebody who's stockpiling guns the way the Unabomber stockpiled explosives. You you know, you can still have them, but you got to let your neighbors know you have them so they can either take precautions like move or arm themselves, I suppose, or they can, you know, Check your temperature, uh, you know, mentally every time you step out onto the lawn. And because you want to be aware that somebody has this, you know, arsenal going on. You can have it. But if you're going to be a hero that protects America, I got to know what you uh, what you believe that entails. Because if you decide to, you know, in your. I'm going to fight tyranny and the war just isn't happening and you're just getting all fed up and you decide to use that thing on your family or yourself and your walls are like paper and I'm my house is 12 yards away and I'm eating a bowl of cornflakes. I don't need to be riddled with with armor piercing bullets because you think the great day of the rope is coming because you've been on, you know, you've been riding bit shoot and Reddit threads for the last five years. Nobody cares. And, and there are these guys. There's a group, a guy called Kentucky Ballistic on uh, Ballistics, I think, on YouTube. And then there's another guy 
I think they're called like Demolition Farm or something like that. And basically, they're just a ain't guns fun kind of a channel. And they get new cutting edge weapons and they get them loaned to them by gun companies and they shoot at different stuff. They have a jellied like body that you could see how it passes through. And then they have like tin sights and then they have watermelons and all kinds of and they shoot tin cans and whatever. It's just stupid. Sure. I got no problem with those guys. No, those guys are not going to pop off. They're former military. They, if they have those things, I'm telling you, you have nothing to fear yeah, those from those people. guys. I've got a lot of friends who listen to and so I'm okay. how to not be an idiot with a gun. There's like, there's a whole like, be, yeah, just be And it's totally and like, cool. Don't, like how to push back against the crazies. That's right. And, and, the, and what happens is, and none of those folks are like, against the idea of knowing who's stockpiling weapons and arms. Seriously. They, and, and again, they're not ashamed of having any of those things. They're, if, you, if you said you got, you got to register to have a giant sniper rifle or something, they're like, yeah, that's cool. Okay. Because, you know, because again, if you think they don't know, it's silly. If the corporation you bought it through, through the web or something, you're, you know, if you're buying guns off the dark web, you're a problem. Yeah, <laughs> you are. But if you're buying them through normal channels, through a li- licensed gun dealer and all that kind of stuff, you don't have a problem with most of the limitations that uh, Democrats put on guns, including the assault ban, which includes a, a, a you know provision where collectors and, you know, uh, like people who test and market guns, anybody who does these YouTube channels and that kind of stuff or or, or shows them for sport. Like, you can get a distinction, and none of those people have a problem with that. All the collectors are like, yeah, they're proud to be a collector. They show off their collections. If you're hoarding guns, no. that's not a collection. And and the anyway, so a lot of those folks are, are kind of, like, I guess, fessing up to or realizing – that the Democrats are not coming for your guns in the abstract. They're coming for those people who don't, I know. And she's Literally. armed to the teeth. I don't even know where she she's, is. I just like, <laughs> get down, Johnny Million, get down. Um, by the way, and in the next hour coming up, uh, we've got um, Philip Itner joining us. I, I Here's what I would like to see coming out of this as far as Democrats go, is that we start... You know how we want people to make a decision between people who riot and people who protest? That It's important, right? We know this. The, the Republicans try to conflate both those groups. Everybody's a rioter. The protests are worthless because everybody's a rioter. They try that all the time. It's wrong. It's dismissive of the real reason people protest and the act and the right to protest in the United States is sacred. If we could talk, we would recognize that when we talk about some of the other side groups in the same way, we get the same reaction that we get when people call George Floyd protesters rioters and think they should all be thrown in jail or that they were causing damage. And recognize that. As soon as you recognize that, then you start to mitigate how you talk about stuff, and you will start reaching people. Um, on the other side, I think uh, Philip will be joining us. He's going to call in, uh, like fingers crossed that that all works, because um, Johnny and I have a surprise for him. Uh, that said, uh, we'll see you guys in a little bit. We'll be back right after this.
walk out of here before, but not when I was being so charming. Video streaming at housefarms.com. Well, I don't care for you if it's a putrid sludge you're trowling out. Yeah, us faithful pimpstick. True progressive talk. Might be a good time for you guys to give up. There we go. Welcome back to the show. Uh, so Philip is joining us and uh, Johnny Millions, uh, beloved wife, Mrs. Million, um, uh, gave us the yeah, idea that we should wear our Vishivankas, the training shirts. That's right. That's, that's right. That uh, Philip brought us all the way from Ukraine. He's back in Kiev right now. We can tell by his picture of uh, of uh, uh, mm-hmm. St. Olga of the of the of the mm-hmm. gladiator class. And um, so much, so much to so talk about. And, and, talk and, about. And, and, oh, and, um, my gosh. Oh, I know so... this is re- not good for radio, but those who are, are, are with me now, ask me how, where this came from. Where? This lovely. Where where the watermelon <laughs> slice of juicy watermelon. From? I'm wincing every time. It came from, came mm-hmm. from Kherson. <sighs> it, is, it is from Kherson. Kherson watermelon. Now, 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 I posted earlier today that I had bought this thing at my local market, and I had bought it, and um, and right. and uh, they they I told the woman who was selling me the watermelon. I said, you know, where's this from? She says from Kherson. I said, oh, really? You know, so soon? And she said, well, no, it's kind of not really in the city, but. And I said, well, I'm doing it because I'm going to do a, a show tonight, and I'm going to show everybody that, you know, that. Kherson is mm-hmm. Ukrainian again, and we're having Kersonian uh, watermelon, which is kind of like the, what oranges are to Florida, or like maybe uh, avocados are pineapple avocados yeah. to California, pineapples are to Hawaii. Kherson prides itself in its watermelon, and um, when they heard this that I was doing this, and that this silly foreigner was aware of the importance of watermelon. Yeah. The market, Bessarovsky Market, which is nearby here, erupted into applause, um, which was very adorable. Yeah, yeah it nice. was incredibly cute. It was very, very cute. But but there it is. There it is. If, <laughs> if only they knew that uh, you were going to eat watermelon with two guys in America wearing Vichy Bunkas who have been – Who have been – Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. Okay. Well, no, he died yesterday. Yes, yeah, so a watermelon – yes. He got the watermelon on the same day. There is there's yeah. something going on there. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it was I a know. Russian plot. Um, by the way, um, yes, it's Harry Styles' favorite melon. Is that what everybody says I look like in this shirt? Okay. Um, so uh, yeah. lots going on. Okay, let's, let's, let's start it. with uh, the – yeah. So one of the things earlier this year when, when the big first lightning – rush across uh, the reclaimed Kharkiv territory was just people, the little maps of it just going, oh, my God, in the last 72 hours, look at all the territory they have claimed. How is that even possible? And the same, the very same uh, people, I don't know why, seem to be equally surprised at what's happening in in Kherson right now, and the map looks exactly the same. It is just boom, 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 just rushing into the edge of the Dnipro River. Now, um, uh, catch us up okay. on what you're hearing there, There's a and lot. then I, you know okay. from you know the, the Telegram channel that I'm talking. Yes, bunch. right. 
Um, let's go with what's happening today. Okay. We know that Ukrainian forces are in Kherson city proper, that the Ukrainian flag is flying over the uh, the mayor's building. We know that people are celebrating mm-hmm. in the streets. I mean, the, the, the video that we're seeing coming out of there of these of the pe- people of Kherson coming out in waving the Ukrainian mm-hmm. flag, singing the Ukrainian mm-hmm. anthem, embracing the soldiers that are coming into Kherson. This is less than 45 right. days after Vladimir Putin said that they had a free and fair referendum in which the people of Kherson decided to join with the, with the Russian Federation. Baloney. So... Um, uh, mm-hmm. We have all that happening. We have uh, Russians retreating across the river and blowing the bridges behind them. We have them leaving heavy, heavy machinery, uh, all sorts of stuff, tanks, armored personnel carriers, helicopters, warehouses filled with ammunition. Why they didn't blow these things up, I have no idea, probably because they were in such a rush to get out of there. Right. But it's it's all falling apart for them in Kherson, and you cannot have a discussion about Kherson, and we'll go into the minutiae of it, but I have to mention from the very, very uh, start, because I was in Kharkiv last week, and I talked to them about how they resisted mm-hmm. against the, the initial uh, Russian onslaught uh, during the invasion period in February into March and April. And I talked about to, to them in Kharkiv right. about how they did it, and now to see it happening in, in Kherson, it's just amazing. But what happened... What happened in both Kharkiv and Kherson uh, is that the Russians had planted people inside the city to help in the overthrow in the initial mm-hmm. uh, invasion force. It worked in Kherson. They immediately replaced the mayor. They immediately replaced the, you know, the head of the local police. A lot of them escaped and have now come back today, now when Ukraine is coming back in. But Kherson was won, was won by subterfuge. It was not won by force of arms. They tried, they tried right. to do the same thing in Kharkiv, mm-hmm. and, the, and the residents of Kharkiv found these guys and arrested them. Okay, so before they could overthrow in the initial right. stage, the first three days of the war, they they started finding people and going, you know, you're not really a local. Where did you come from? You you seem lost. You don't know the way around here. Mm-hmm. Let me see your papers, sort of thing. Um, what's your identification? And they the, and right. they found these infiltrators, and so they weren't able to do what they did in Kherson in Kharkiv. And so there was an armed resistance in Kharkiv, and there was nobody to kind of sow division and like, oh, I'm in charge now. The Russians are coming in, and I'm I'm the mayor right. of Kharkiv now. That didn't work. Because the residents of Arctic right. found them and, br- and brushed them out and broomed them out. It happened. It worked in Kherson. Mm-hmm. So why am I saying, why am I telling you all this? I'm telling you all this because they didn't beat the people of Kherson. The people of Kherson actually put up a resistance. And we saw a video coming out of them singing the Ukrainian national anthem with Russian occupied. This is where, you remember at the very beginning, there was the grandmother with the, the sunflower seeds? Throw it, throwing them here, yes, put these right. in your pocket, so that when you die, the sunflowers will grow from your graves. Right, You'll fertilize that them. Was, that was the that, yeah. that was this region. That was Kherson Oblast. So you know, they didn't they didn't win in Kherson. They sneakily uh, kind of um, you know overthrew mm-hmm. things there. So now we're seeing Ukrainians march march back right. into Kherson. 
a place that Putin says just voted to join the Russian Federation and the and the atmosphere in the mood. Well, I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, just take a quick second at some point after the podcast, after our radio show and go take a look. That's genuine relief and an and outpouring of love and affection for these soldiers who have come and liberated. Right. I mean, it's it's fall of Paris, sort of like people coming out with roses and food. And yeah, it's genuine joy of liberation it's it's breathtaking yeah we were looking at footage of some of this and uh where like people were coming up farmers and other people and these people aren't dressed all that different from how they would have dressed in the 40s and it but for the like the modern weapons and the modern helmets and the modern vehicles themselves the scene is almost exactly the same as any liberated territory in a, in a previous world war or something it's amazing yeah. to watch um that these people are and they're they're like grasping at the hands of these soldiers um it's just it's beautiful it, it, to see it, it, that I, that has I been amazing the hour, um, and there's so much to talk, to talk about so i want to kind of get mm-hmm. through as much as we possibly can right. but in the last hour the 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 i follow on social media and on their feed um operational group south which is based in odessa but they're the ones that actually were in charge mm-hmm. of the the spearhead into kherson and the head of the of that um that uh, operational center that division of the ukrainian military this guy by the name of Major General Kavalchuk, and they have just released video of him right. of him walking onto the main square in Kherson, and it is. I mean, I get worked up. I get, I get, uh, I get emotional just thinking about it now because he walks onto the square, and right. every and this woman comes up to him, and she says to him, and obviously they've edited this, but she comes up to him and she says, in Russian. She says, because Kirsan's predominantly Russian speaking, she says, we knew you were coming. We were waiting for you. We knew that if you needed more time, Mm -hmm. we could have waited longer for you. But we knew you were coming, you know, and thank you for coming. And the general Mm -hmm. response in what I'm almost 90 percent, 99 percent sure is Ukrainian, which just shows you the makeup of this country. And he says, it's that belief. It's because we knew you believed in us. And we knew you were holding out hope for us to come that kept us that, that brought right. us here. And it's just I mean, like it's it, it's really yeah. powerful, powerful stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, we hear now on the yeah. other side, we see the Russians going crazy. We even hear like we even hear like. Yeah, hold that we'll thought. talk about it hold on the other thought. side. We'll talk we got to take a break. Let's another bite of watermelon. Yeah. On the other side of the break. We'll talk. <laughs> That's a great idea. And we'll, we'll talk about how the Russians are taking their own collapsing strategy, which uh, talk about we there were two red waves that failed to be in yeah. the same week. We'll be back. It's the House March Radio program, Mega Worldwide, with our dear friend Philip Ittner live from Kiev eating watermelon while uh, Johnny Million and I wear our Vishivankas in celebration of what's going on in Kherson right now. We'll be back right after this. This is Damien Perdue of Think Theory Radio, Saturdays at 6 p.m. You're listening to Hal Sparks' radio program, Mega Worldwide. Ah, uh, I thought there was going to be like a new one every break. I was so excited. You want more, Hal? We'll give you more. Hal Sparks' radio program, Mega Worldwide, on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCBT 820. Hoo-yah! 
So uh, lots going on, too, that we'll check in on. Uh, Philip Edner's with us live from Ukraine, and Johnny Million is farming questions from our chat room uh, for him in a moment. But there are a couple of things that are just breaking right now, which is uh, there. One is uh, there are bombs or at least missile attacks going on in uh, Zaporizhia, where the nuclear facility is right now. The Russians are basically using what munitions they have there to scare everybody that they're going to create another Chernobyl if you come any closer, that kind of stuff. And it's not going to work, but that's what's happening. And Olaf Scholz, uh, the German chancellor, has uh, has put forward a new line of sanctions uh, both from Germany itself and the EU in general that they're proposing against Iran for supplying material support to uh, to Russia, which is a good sign because, again, Germans were, you know, the Germans were dragging their feet more than almost anybody else. Now you've got a hundred, basically everyone's um, ga- natural gas stores are almost at a hundred percent. They're like 97 percent still. And it's a mild winter so far. So far. And if they can just keep at this so far, but even if it's, you know, the longer this goes, the less they need to draw their stores out over time. Because, again, you can only make the room so hot, so you can only burn so much, even at the coldest. So if we if it stays relatively mild, comparatively, going into the uh, fall, and I have a question about the weather mm-hmm. there that is, you're, you know. Well, we have, um, we have, we've, to, you know, to quote Tears yeah. for Fears. No, go ahead. But, I love a Tears for Fears quote. I wanted to be with you alone. <laughs> Talk about the weather. Um, right. We've had so, two air raid right. sirens today. Uh, we lost power for about three, mm-hmm. four hours at one point. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, right. uh, these are the repercussions of what's happening. But um, I can right. tell you on the streets of Kiev today, I uh, know. Okay, it's a Saturday, and people were out. But even on a normal Saturday, from I've been here now for nine months. You know, um, th- today was special. Yeah. Today, people were really out and in, in really happy and celebrating. And so the power went out. Okay, so the alarm, the air raid siren sounded. Okay, we have Kherson back, and it's it. It's just. It's a massive morale boost for yeah. the Ukrainians. It's, it's, it cannot be um, overstated how incredibly important this is. This was the only provincial capital that they that the Russians were able to actually occupy, mm-hmm. and now they've been they they've run away like right. like scared little dogs with their tails. And aren't they legs. just like hiding in, in amongst the citizens? And they're also hiding amongst the citizenry. They've taken off their uniform. They're in civilian clothes they're being captured but many many of them have already been captured i have no doubt that there will continue to be investigations you know if you were if you did not live in kherson a year ago yeah. people are going to want to know what, what, what the deal now? is where, where yeah what you're doing yeah where, where'd you come from um right but it's it's the, the morale hey, boost. <laughs> the morale boost here <laughs> has been palpable you can feel it on the streets there's a real sense that that they that this is a chapter, a new chapter in the war, and not least of which, you know, gaining mm-hmm. territory means the, the closer you get to some, you know, Ukrainian targets or Crimean targets, uh, they are now very dan- they're very right. much dangerously close to Ukrainian artillery. They can start. They could. They could. If you look, I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who is a military expert here on the ground in Ukraine, and um, mm-hmm. if you look at it, 
There are the the territory that they have gained is just in HIMARS uh, distance. They can hit Crimea. They can hit what is territorially Crimea right now if they wanted to from uh, using a HIMARS. Mm-hmm. If they want, they can't hit. They can't yeah. hit the the naval base. They can't hit Sebastopol. They can't hit much of the 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 you know population centers in crimea but they can hit crimea and that symbolically i think is going to be hugely significant when they eventually start inevitably start um um, lobbing stuff into crimea right so um just just so people know um a lot has been talked about about like the the wetness and the weather affecting the strategic push that would go forward um, and right now, um, if I, if the, is it chilly where you are? Is it, is it cold Cons- where you are about 50 degrees, something we're like that? in November, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very mild. I, yeah, I don't know the exact temperature, but I was able to walk around in a, in a, in a light jacket and a, a baseball cap today. So mm-hmm. it's not, it's not bitterly cold. It's 40. It's been 46 to 52 Whoa. degrees in oh, Las God. Vegas the, right now. Like, yeah. I would say it's comparable. Yeah. And um, and we're it, we ha- we had snow in Summerlin two days ago. Little bits, little, little pepper snow. Yeah, it's going to happen. It happens every so often. And again, like when the weather's relatively normal, it, we have a lot of rain here too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in my past. Anyways. Um, <laughs> the wind is yeah, getting cold. Exactly. We're going to get into it and then we'll lose ourselves. And my, it's my favorite song ever. So never mind. Okay. So right now it is, uh, 42 degrees and, and, uh, mild cloudy skies. Um, not raining in, um, Donetsk okay. Oblast. And, uh, according to this, uh, Sunday it will be 50 and, uh, high of 50, low of 36. And then 43, like the coldest day is Tuesday. And then Saturday next week, it'll get to uh, 30 and 22, rainy and windy, up in Donetsk. Now, down in Crimea, though, it stays a little bit warmer. Yes. That, I think, is is the difference here. This is kind of what I'm bringing up in this, is that a lot of people are talking about taking back the eastern portions. you got to deal with winter. This is old school World War II, Germans trying to fight the Russians in the snow, blah, 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 and everybody worried about that. Never mind the fact that between drones and tanks and long artillery and high Mars, it's not really the same war on so many fronts. They don't even have to own the sky to own the sky. It's a lot of stuff. But Crimea is warmer. Crimea, it, not a lot warmer, but it, but it's not going to snow, and the rain isn't going to be really heavy in that part. So the land war aspect of taking Crimea back over the next few months is not the bum rush that you would have to do to take the eastern part, technically yeah. speaking. If they decide Kherson, and then you and then Crimea is next, that's the that's the next big move, I think. And if they take Crimea. We're talking about a change of, of leadership in yeah. Russia at that point. Yeah, well, I, I just looked it up. It, you know, I just either, looked it up. The idea is that they're going to. degrees here today, and it's evening. We're at 8, 8.30 in the evening. It's right. 52 degrees here. Um, that is incredibly mild for November in, in Kiev. So, um, right. yes, and you're right. The, 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 I mean, this, Crimea, one of and, Crimea's major issues has always been its, its water uh, because it doesn't, it, it's not. 
it, uh, there's not a lot of precipitation mm-hmm. uh, on the Crimean Peninsula, mm-hmm. um, so right. a maneuver might be possible. But I don't, I don't want to get, a, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We've had a major victory here yeah. in Kherson. Right. Um, they're going to have to go through a series of consolidation. Right. Um, they are currently going through Kherson, trying to find people who were infiltrators. But not only that, they are going through Kherson looking for unexploded ordnance. For booby traps that may have been left behind, right? They got minesweepers yep, in, right? And, the, and they got minesweepers in the area outside right. the city again because for a variety of different reasons. And you know, prior to the Ukrainian army marching into Kherson proper, there was a lot of trepidation about Kherson because the Russians don't do this; they do not openly admit that they're retreating. Yes. Even when they pulled away from Kiev and Kharkiv at the beginning of the war, they said they were just reorienting reorienting their their force stature which is you know which was baloney uh-huh. of course they were retreating but they never openly say they're retreating this is the first time in this war that they openly said we have to pull back otherwise our guys are going to get slaughtered and that has that's been a major effect in russia i i think already you have been well i know already you have been seeing people openly saying that this was a this was a, a mishap. This was a, a huge misstep, a huge mistake. And they're even starting to point the finger at Putin, which is unheard of. Uh, and, wow. right. and it's all kind of rhymes yeah. with what's going on uh, with the elections here. It's with very Trump. similar. It's yes. very similar. It's exactly once, right. Once an autocrat or once a, their fates are well, aligned. And also, and also once, once if you make yourself out to be the biggest baddest guy around and you're all puffed up the second somebody pops a pin in that mm-hmm. in that puffery um it, they deflate very quickly mm-hmm. and i i don't know but i think that um i think very much like the, the republicans running for the door and going trump who i don't know what you're talking about um uh, there's going to be there's going to be a yeah. lot of russians who are going to be like yeah, that Putin guy was never that good for us. We know it. You know, we yeah. just, uh, you know, it, yeah. it, it took. You couldn't just couldn't say, say anything, anything or kill you, so, but, but we, we all knew, knew it. it. Exactly right. So, yeah. Meanwhile, there's blood. There's blood in the water there and here in terms of their political futures. And you know, farewell and adieu to you, fair Spanish ladies. That's not a. It's not a good. It's no. not a good look um, because you have to hold on to that. And again. Xi Jinping's in the same situation. Biden is actually traveling down to China in order to uh, Indonesia, I forget, where they're having the G20. And he's having a, a you know meeting directly with Xi Jinping. And the only news about what he's talking about with him is get North Korea in line or we're, or we're giving you more sanctions. You guys are, cha- are, you know, are the ones that normally keep them on a short leash. And if you don't. We're, businesses are going to leave immediately, and TikTok is done. Forget it, by the way. In the next couple of months, whether you use TikTok or not, if you've invested in TikTok as far as your social media um, you know, outlay of whatever material you're putting out, if you're making money on there, get ready. It's going away. I'm telling you out. The FCC this week said that it is now known that they are taking European and American um, tracking data so they can basically track the movements of you even when it, the app is off on your phone. And that in and of itself is reason enough to get rid of it, never mind the algorithm and how they mess around with elections and all that kind of stuff with it. It's ginormous, and it's going away. 
Uh, don't yeah, TikTok is malware, um, and it, you shouldn't have it on your kid's phone to start with. But this is interesting because Xi Jinping's having the same moment. Their economy is failing. They're, everybody's leaving, not just us. The European Union, um, uh, even Olaf Scholz and the EU both said we've got to find other ways to supply our needs that do not involve China. They literally said those words for the first time. It's very similar to what you're hearing about Trump and what you're hearing about Putin. It's an amazing major shift that's going on. Absolutely. In the world I think right that, now. I, well, we've talked about this in the past. Autocracy. So, yeah may have, at least for the time being, hit a high watermark, and people are pushing back. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, the, let's see. War Gonzo says, apparently we will leave the city no matter how painful it is to write about mm-hmm. it now. War yeah. Gonzo is, the, is one of these mill, mill bloggers from Russia. It, it, she's, she's like this young, hot, uh, influencer-looking girl. She wears, like... Um, I've only seen a couple of pictures of her, but she wears like tank tops with like a military insignia on the front of it always. And it's just like it's just like it's like Fox and Friends putting the woman in the short skirt Mm -hmm. in the middle between the two dudes and then like keeping your eye gaze that way. Uh, Well, they they put out a they put out out a whole bunch of videos. There's a a video of a bunch of guys marching down the very narrow street in Moscow. So they look like they're more than than they actually are. And they're like saying, let's bomb Washington. And it's just stinks of desperation. It's ridiculous. We got to take another break. Uh, um, This is the quote from her. All right. Questions. Excellent. Well, we'll cut. We'll bring them on the other side. Uh, on the second, uh, when we come back from the ad, uh, you know, our ad break right now, but uh, the quote from her was, in simple terms, Kherson cannot be held with bare hands. Yes, this is a black yeah. page in the history of the Russian army, of the Russian state, a tragic page. That's one of their biggest boosters saying that out loud. We'll be back. It's the House Sparks Radio program, mega worldwide. Yeah. Yay, democracy. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Welcome back. While we're waiting with bated breath to find out what happens in New Mexico and what happens with Katie Porter's race in California and all these stuff, we have questions from our chat room for Philip, who is live in Kiev right now. He's back from Kharkiv, um, where he has seen some mm-hmm. stuff firsthand, I'm sure, that will uh, shake some people to their bones. Well, um, Tom, what do you got um, first, Johnny Million? From Twitch, Stargal46. 46, 46, sorry about that, Stargal. So she's so happy for the Ukraine. But she it could be. Question. She just wanted to let you know that she was so happy. I'm happy Ukraine. too. Oh, yep. Just don't call oh, them the Ukraine. It's that? Ukraine. You, we'll let the it Ukraine slide is today. A territory. Yep. Yeah, and I, she didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. we know it's all, all right. right. Um, we'll let Tim it slide Farrell today. Jumped the gun and said, "I know we aren't there yet." He asked this question like at 10:45 my time, but I. I'd like to know what Philip feels mm-hmm. the floor is. Should Ukraine enter negotiations with Russia, please? Well, uh, President Zelensky has already put out a five-point plan that would be preconditions for for talks, and that basically includes uh, return to uh, pre-February 24th uh, territories, um, the return of um, basically that all Russian Mm -hmm. forces leave, um, that uh, war criminals are held accountable, um, all of these things, and 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 mm. there's 
I, I think he even said – so he did this about two weeks ago, by the way. Yeah, there was was a pressure follow, on let me him. do a quick follow-up with that because somebody did ask about mm-hmm. – I think actually it may have been pre-2014. There's no real um, chance uh, of trying war criminals for the atrocity that they've committed yes. in Ukraine. That's from Carl Alessi. There, there's a chance. There's yeah. a chance. It's not a given, um, but there's a chance with the, the – problem is, you know, I mean, even like the war criminals from the wars in the Balkans, the Yugoslav wars, um, you know, some of them, it, it took them so long to get them into a cell that they pretty much just, they were old men and they died in captivity, spent most of their life free. But, uh, you know, by the time they actually were going to a court case, they were, they were one foot in the grave anyhow. So, are we ever going to see Putin in, in some sort of criminal case? I think that's pretty unlikely, but never say never. Um, it could be a precondition to that. Might be a great way for the Russians to actually get rid of Putin. I'm just that's just me talking off the top of my head. I I got nothing to back that up with, but. Mm-hmm. I think, yes, there will be those who will be held accountable for some of the things that happen here. Speaking of which, before we go to the next question, I want everybody to brace themselves. Anybody who's listening to this radio program or mm-hmm. watching this podcast, brace yourselves. We're, we're all jubilant right now. Everybody is happy to see Ukrainian troops mm-hmm. inside Kherson. We are about to hear some really horrific stuff. I have no doubt. Already we're starting to hear some stuff. Mm-hmm. But when the investigators really get in there and when the initial euphoria ebbs away and the stories of how the the resistance to Russian occupation was put down forcibly because for months it was very public and then it, it suddenly just disappeared. And there's not a doubt in my mind, but the, the violence and uh, reprisal killings and probably we will find some mass graves. We will hear horrific stories of um, of violence yeah. and brace yourselves. Where everybody feels great right now, and I, I I feel great too. And I don't want to I don't want to give this feeling up too soon, because we should be rejoicing. Yeah, I don't no, think you have I, to. I, I, can, I, can I think you can be realistic yeah, and, you know, I'm okay. and appreciate it at the I, I same time. Both. Right? I mean, it's not that, mm-hmm. but it's just be aware that the, the Russian when, when Russians occupy territory, they do so with a pretty draconian hand, and we can expect to hear some very, very disturbing news coming out of Kherson when when we when the dust settles and the the jubilation goes away a little bit but um, but right now today, uh, Kherson is back in Ukrainian hands. Uh, it is hysterical to see the Russians crowing uh, and, and and being so upset. I mean uh, there's even the fact that like the Russians were saying, well, you know, we don't. We didn't even want Kherson. It's such a mess because of you know the conflict that's been happening. We'll right. leave it to the Ukrainians to try and put it back together. And less than twelve hours after after reclaiming Kherson, they've got internet back up with the Starlink system. People are charging their their uh, you know their external batteries and stuff uh, in the center of town, and they're able to phone right. their, their friends over the internet uh, to tell them they're safe. So CNN, Sky News. CNN, oh, Sky Alex News, Rossi. My um, buddy Alex like Rossi. France 24, they're, 
They're all on the ground in Kherson well, right now, interviewing yeah, large yeah. groups of they're people. Broad, I mean, they're broad, I mean, they're it broadcast. Like the, the no, they're the broadcast organizations. They have satellite data feeds. They're they're fine. They're your average personnel. But even even that, actually, yeah. let's not take away from from the fact that it's still amazing that the Ukrainian military was able to get an internet system up and running in less than twelve hours after reconquering uh, uh, Kherson. So so right. the, the the Russians. Can you know they can try and say whatever they want? The Ukrainians are just outclassing them on every single level, and it's beautiful to see. It's beautiful. Right. Yeah, yeah amazing. Um, let's grab another question. So we got here. yeah, we got a couple minutes um, for this next break. From Francesca, a question for Philip: Is Ukraine really building a wall at the Belarus border? They're building defenses. I wouldn't say a wall. They're building. They're building up their defenses. But you know, I don't. Uh, we'll see if that's necessary or not. No, they're not building a wall per se. No, it's not conducive. The landscape is not conducive for it anyhow. So, uh, so next, let's go for another right. one. Eric asks, "What's the latest status on reports? R A probably Russian army blew up the Kakhova Dam bridge in Kherson." They, they put out a video showing a massive explosion on that bridge. We do know that that, that uh, a number of bridges across the Dnipro were were blown up as the Russians were retreating. Um, that that dam, that bridge that's up near um, Kakhovka, is uh, is really strategically important. Not least of which because it's one, it's the dam. Uh, and it holds back the reservoir. And, and two, in many ways, that's the water resource uh, that leads to Crimea. So it could exacerbate things in Crimea as well. Not that the Russians care a lick about any of this, but the, we're in a very we're in a kind of we're going to have to see what happens in the next three, three to five days, I would say, because um, there there will be yeah. a settling down. They're going to have to consolidate their their uh, gains. The Ukrainians and the Russians are going to have to lick their wounds and 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 reestablish defensive lines. So right now we're in kind of a limbo situation. Let's see how things play out over the next 72 hours or so. And then we'll have a clearer idea of, of who is in a better strategic, well, the Ukrainians are clearly in a better strategic position than they were, uh, you know, 24 hours ago. But but let's see how things shake up uh, out over the next 72 hours or so. Um, this is definitely a change, though. Mm-hmm. This is a this turn the page, new chapter in this war. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm amazed at like the the hoops that the. Uh, um, the door and, oh, tell uh, me, please. and Scott Ritter. Oh please. my God. I haven't watched much of it. Scott. Well, I've, uh, well, and there isn't a lot to watch, but Scott Ritter has been everywhere lately trying to, I guess, reignite this idea that everything he's said so far actually is coming true when it is absolutely not on like to anyone with eyeballs. It is just absurd you know what i mean like it it is it is baghdad bob level stuff like scott ritter is the baghdad bob like the assistant manager baghdad bob of russia like he's he works there he's a volunteer baghdad bob for him it's so bizarre unless he's getting paid i mean i guess that's a possibility but like i don't i i think he's just he likes the you know the the waft of his own uh, butt air, and therefore he just is convinced of this whole thing. But it's a like 
It's absurd yeah. how like he's and he's everywhere trying to hammer this. And the same thing with with door like door's big thing is. Yeah, what about the Minsk oh, agreement? You're like, oh, you mean the uh, the force agreement that they did? At, yeah, exactly. At a, at gunpoint, essentially. Like, well, um, and, which, and then and which didn't was, live up to themselves. Yes, and it's which was, it's by silly. the way, the entire Minsk agreement was let's just nobody do anything, and we'll just we'll kind of maybe down the road figure out kind of some special status for the Donbass, uh, but nobody do anything. Nobody, nobody make any right. agreements. Nobody do, we'll just tacitly let the Russians own Donbass. Um, the, the Minsk was a Minsk was a joke, uh, even before the Russians came flooding in here. But, the, but look, it, the Ukrainians knew the Russians were coming. Minsk was always uh, a bit, you know, not a bit. Minsk was always a non-starter. Um, I real I, at some point right. in the next day or so, I'll take a look deep. I'll do a deep dive into the the Putin apologists and the fellow travelers that exist in the West uh, when it comes to Russia, because yeah. I can't wait to see them try and 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 justify or try and oh, oh the my grind. god that's I mean, doors the grind has been happening that, since car yeah, doors got doors got that one guy who <laughs> was kicked off of uh uh youtube uh young guy in la uh i don't know his name off the top of my head but he's falling in with door and no monte. no not monte um he's a young guy no. Uh, designer suits uh. and a bit of a bro. Oh, the, he's, the he's, dude. A, he's a he's a you know right. Yes, he's not so bad. The, uh, bro. Larushian, the, the Lin- yeah. yeah, he's the yes, Lyndon Larouche guy. guy. He's a he literally does the, all the Lyndon Larouche gatherings, which is just amazing to me. Like we're talking about Lyndon Laroucheites in in 2022, but of course, if you're going to weasel into previously existing systems where the Russians can gain some toehold, it's going to be in Alex Jones's Infowars. It's going to be in the you know what's left of the mm-hmm. tanky left, um, which is burning its own bridges as we Can't speak wait. today. Can't wait. I'm um, really looking forward I mean, the, to seeing it. Yeah, it's, but it's back it's in beautiful. Moscow, I mean, in Moscow, they're oh, freaking indeed. out. I mean the the guys who are the uh, so so oh, yeah. if you haven't heard it if if Solovia. you haven't heard Al and I talking about yeah. Solyev in in the past he's kind of like a mix between their Hannity and their Tucker on steroids mm-hmm. um, and uh, mm-hmm. he has lost mm-hmm. his mind he's furious he's just yeah. livid he's he put mm-hmm. out a video this morning uh, or no probably it was Friday morning after the announcement that the the Russians were going to pull back and he was just mm-hmm. These guys, we got to find out who did this, who betrayed our motherland, and we're going to punish them. And, you know, these idiots who didn't make a plan for Ukraine and clearly dropped the ball and they need to be punished. And so he's he's not pointing the finger at the West right now. He's too preoccupied at punishing the people within the, the Russian military. And the Russian establishment, in in his mind, um, ha- have betrayed the, the motherland. But they're all freaking out. And um, it is a bit of schadenfreude. I, li- I like seeing the Republicans freak out after the midterms. But I, I like even more watching the Russians lose it. Because uh, say what you want yeah, about well, the Republicans. The, they didn't have the rape sk- squads. And they didn't, uh, they didn't kill women and children. And, uh, and they right, didn't shoot exactly. at me. <laughs> I take it right. personally when somebody shoots at me. Yes, right. That's a good policy. Yeah, I can understand that. They By didn't the way, kill my best the, friend. The, the new line, we got to take a break. We'll come, right. When, they, when, when we come back, 
Um, uh, mm. We'll take a couple more questions uh, and end out the hour with uh, Philip Bittner. Follow him on Twitter while it still exists, <laughs> at Philip Bittner, one L, two Ts. And, of course, Johnny Million as well. I'm on there as well, at Hal Sparks. But uh, until such time as we all, like, traipse over to Mastodon or Blue Sky or whatever the heck is next. Um, but in the meantime, um, the, the current statement seems to be and this is trying to drive the tankies in the direction of like uh uh-uh, you're all playing with fire is there is there is the world worth having if russia ain't in it is the story of like why we should all go out as martyrs and i got news for you the the rich oligarchs of russia are are pleasure seeking hedonists they're not going to die in a wall of flame mm-hmm. just because putin made a bad military decision we'll be back right after this I am happy, you are happy, let us be happy together, whether the weather is cloudy or sunny, I will always be a funny honey bunny, I am lucky, you are lucky, let us get lucky together, whether the weather is cloudy or breezy, I'll be there to say, hey, come on, let's take it easy, because isn't it nice to have the friends that you do, and isn't it nice that the sky is so blue, and isn't it nice to say I love you, chugga chugga choo choo, woo I am smiling, you are smiling, let us smile together, whether the weather is cloudy or stormy, I will still be there in the morning, I'll be right by your side in the morning, I'll make you breakfast in the morning, I hope that you like cereal. Yay! Yeah, you know we, we uh, the that that song slipped out of rotation on our happy endings for a little while because of you know in the Trump years a bit and especially during COVID, and it's lovely to me that it was uh, that was the introduction of Philip to the show that brought it back into its uh, proper place because well, of the necessity of those kind of feelings in the face of the the awful that happens around that's uh, you know uh, these kind of situations like you need. This is what we're fighting for. Life, yeah. joy, fun, music, being yeah. with friends, all the stuff you hope for. The normal problems of life are are sweet nectar when the world is in such turmoil caused by people who wish nothing but absolute destruction. Now, before I, you know, eat up all yeah. the time, we have a couple more questions. Johnny Million is uh, farmed out of the chat. Oh, well, he and I wear our Vishivankas in celebration. So Simon Battle in the chat, in the YouTube chat, is asking, Phil, did they bother to booby trap anything in Krishan? Oh, tons of stuff. I have no doubt that there's tons and tons of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, If they did anything, if they operated anywhere as they do normally, I mean, they do terrible stuff. They like booby trap like refrigerators and microwaves, anything that you have to open up. Um, and that's clearly targeting civilians. They don't give a, they don't care. Um, they commit uh, war crimes uh, like chewing gum. It's it's like breathing to them. Mm. It's mm. I have no doubt, and that is why they have sent in uh, the explosive ordnance uh, detection teams, and they will try and clear it out of mines. Mm-hmm. So they're already finding tons of mines uh, out in actual strategic locations that are aimed at the Ukrainian armor. Um, but I have no doubt there's uh, stuff left there right. for the civilians to um, uh, to come across and 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 you know get killed by. So um, 
I have no doubt they'll they'll find tons of stuff. More more telling, they're probably also going to find mass graves and stuff. So, oh, it's supposed to be the happy ending. Um, yeah, uh, they they are also no, but they are uh, also again, you know the meeting fact- their grandmothers, yeah. guys who are liberating their own towns. Yes, how weird is that? That they escaped from Kherson when the invasion happened nine months later. They're in full uniform. Some of them were probably just university students when they left. They're in full uniform and they're coming back and they're liberating their own homes and that's beautiful and that i'm happy about so there's your happy ending another question johnny if you've got one yeah sure, yeah uh so yeah. Karen webster has a question about malcolm nance malcolm nance is going to start sure. a show to counter bannon are you all going to get with him if he wants yeah. me, if he wants me, I'll, he hasn't said anything to me at all about it. But if he wants me, I'm there for him. Anything that uh, anything that the command sergeant major would like, I am there for. Well, I'll buy him five shirts, and uh, and he's only got to promise to use uh, rando military analogies for people that he's interviewing, like tip of the spear, armor-piercing shell, all that garbage <laughs> oh, that Bannon that. He's always good says at about that. people he's good at that. when he's trying to be macho. I'll let you into a little secret. I probably – should I say it? He caught – wait, wait. Wait. Before you do that – yes, you should. But before you do that, he calls Mike Pillow – an armor piercing shell. Like, get no, out when of Malcolm, here. Stop when Malcolm it. says Stop. it, when Malcolm Please. says okay, it, he actually ahead. knows what he's talking about. Um, I, I, yes, I, right, okay, exactly. All right, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here. I have an interview with Malcolm that I conducted before he left Ukraine, and uh, I, I wanted, to, awesome. I wanted to do a little bit of bells and whistles with it that didn't work out when I was in Kharkiv, um, that I won't go into because it's it's not necessary. But I do have it on tape. A lengthy, uh, a lengthy interview that I conducted with him as he rotated back right. to the states, going through here and did about uh, all kinds of auto tune on Malcolm's voice to make it seem like he's singing. That's right. Yeah. There you go. That's right. That's a, he That's has right. a great idea. Exactly what the back do. beat. That's exactly right. I, I'm for yeah. it. So I hope yeah, to get yeah. that. I hope um, that okay, get up on my YouTube channel within the next few days. Nice. So, an exclusive interview with the one and only Malcolm Nance. Right. So, um, and what do we else got, John? Five minutes. We got um, I've four minutes. I'm new to the live stream mm-hmm. is asking, has Philip seen any of the stockpile of Molotov cocktails used? I mean, not not in a while. Um, uh, cause you know, uh, but yeah, at the very beginning, sure. They were all over the place. Yep. The, everybody was making them. So yeah. Yep. I saw tons of tons of like old women making Molotov cocktails. Ugh. The entire country was making them. <laughs> so also somebody with the amazing handle of eggs five more on Twitch wants to know if the Russians have lost catastrophic casualties. Is this true? That's what the news in Russia says. Yes. Yes, they have. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we're, our own forces. I mean, we, we've got the. Was it my, Millie came out and said that uh, the the estimate was around a hundred thousand in nine months. That's crazy. That's wow. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to to lose a hundred thousand soldiers in in roughly a ten thousand soldiers a month, if not it's more. Like they didn't care about. That's that. unsustainable. Unsustainable. Absolutely. Under. Uh, uh, totally unsustainable. And I and I wouldn't be surprised because they, I talk right. I talk to guys that have been on the front lines, whether they're they're part of the Legion or whether mm-hmm. they're Ukrainian soldiers, and everyone says 
the one thing that they just can't understand about Russian doctrine is the fact that they just throw waves and waves and waves of people and we knock them down and waves keep coming. It's not, there's not, they don't adjust. They just keep throwing people at it. And so, you know, you, depending on reports, they lost somewhere between 300 and 800 people trying to take Bakhmut yes. on one uh, particular attack. By using the wrong type and of for nothing. Yeah, yeah for, they were using the wrong type of troops as well. Yeah. They were using Marines to try and take fortified positions. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Yeah. Or like, Nate, yeah, it was absurd. And, the, and those are kind of important for other. Yeah. Missions you would send them out on. They just send them. They just send them tra- running across a field into open fire because the 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 Wagner group got a bunch of those guys. They're like, we're not going to sacrifice our own, and they basically just told them, okay, you guys attack, and they had to do it or they get shot in the back for deserting. So these guys are. There's a scene in. And it's, real quick, there's a scene in the the second to last Rambo movie where that takes place in um, in Mar- uh, Myanmar right. in Burma, and they it's something the the local like um, the the violent extremists that run everything they take the villagers and they make them run across a rice paddy that has a mine in it, and they shoot at their feet and to yeah. see who steps on it. Like, basically, it's like a game they play just to watch it happen. And and one group makes it across and nobody gets killed. So they start shooting at them to run back, like, come back this way then. And the people are like, no, no, we're not going to do it. So they just mow them all down. I don't. I, the difference in that is those are supposedly other villagers they have no investment in. The Russians are basically doing this with their own soldiers. That is effectively the, that was the strategy in Bakhmut. Run across a minefield, and if you don't, we'll shoot you. And that's those are the people on your side. It's amazing to me. Okay, one last question. We got a minute. Uh, uh, Mod Andrea Brower herself. Or, or, oh, I'm sorry. Hey. It's Sweet P. Mm-hmm. Sweet P. Magster from Twitch says, uh, will Ukraine get their children back from Russia, and how can Russia put these children up for adoption? I certainly hope so. Um, I'm not uh, incredibly hopeful. Uh, I, I, I want to be hopeful, but I there's so many... There's so many difficulties with that. Um, they, yeah. they, are, they have been taken uh, away from their families. They are lost in, in you know, the vastness of Russia. Uh, I hope that someday they, they can be recovered. Um, and I don't want to be cynical about it, but it, it, it's, it's an uphill an, battle. And that's, that's that will take a giant EU effort. Like they're going to have to do gene yeah. testing on people oh, sorry, and do some sorry. sort of after this is all over. It's, it's going to be enormous. Simple. Thank you all so right. much, Philip Edner, for joining us. Thank, Thank you, you, Chicago. Thank Kersan you, John Million. Um, and and we will see you guys. And will ever be that's right. Enjoy Ukraine. Your, uh, Ukraine. That's right. And Crimea is next. I said it, and you won't say it, but I will. Okay, bye. <laughs>